Are you a real estate agent who has wondered what the heck does family law have to do with real estate? Well, we are going to talk about that today on the North Carolina Real Estate Show. I'm Tiffany Weber, real estate attorney at Thomas & Weber in Mooresville, North Carolina. So let's get into it. <laughs> if you've seen any of our videos on Instagram, then we will be talking about something that Ryan likes to call Spousal privilege. Spousal privilege. It's what everybody needs in their life. They just need a little spousal privilege. And um, let me just clarify, that's not what it's called. It's called, do you remember? Marital status. Marital, marital. Keep trying. You'll get there. Marital interest. I think really that's what this whole thing revolves around. Not every state has marital interest. So it can be confusing if you are not familiar with it, especially if you have clients that are moving here from other states or they own property and then they got married and then they're wondering why their spouse has to sign when they sell it. So we are going to get into that today. So Ryan, do you remember what marital interest is? It, it's when you're married, both spouses have equal uh, kind of. That's um, no, but your head is in the right place. So marital interest, it actually arises out of um, the right to inherit from your spouse's estate. So um, without getting too deep into the weeds on the the laws of um, intestacy or, you know, when you die, what happens with your estate, the marital interest just suffice it to say arises out of your right to have a share in your spouse's estate. So a marital interest in the property simply means that, okay, if you are married and you own property, your spouse has an interest in the property, whether they were on the deed or not. So it may not be equal because that right comes out of the right to share in the estate. So it may not be 50-50. We're not going to speculate about what would happen in equitable distribution if you got divorced, but you cannot convey away the property without your spouse joining in and giving up their interest in the property as well. So that's kind of marital interest in a nutshell. Like, oh, here's an example. It just happened last week. At the closing table, we have a seller who at the time going under contract was single. So uh, he was the only person that needed to sign on the property. While being under contract, he got married. So at the closing table, we're going over all the documents. Was he Was he engaged during... Oh, I don't know. I mean, when we asked the marital status at the beginning, it's... You don't care. I was just wondering. This is more no. for my knowledge. Um, I think he did say that they, in his words, they ran off and got married. So I don't know if they were engaged or if it was kind of, uh, you know, last minute, like, hey, hey, baby, let's go to Vegas type thing. Mm. Um, but between the time he went under contract and when it was time to sell the property, he got married. So all of the documents were prepared as if he were a single man. So we're going over everything and we get to the marital status affidavit. And this is, you know, why we have to do the marital status affidavit to find out if you have a spouse that needs to join in um, in conveyance of the property and goes, oh, yeah, I am married now. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> tell me more. He's like, oh, yeah, we you know, just got married. I'm like, congratulations. That's wonderful. Please tell me she's not in Sweden. Um, she was thankfully nearby. And I was like, she's going to have to. I, I, I went through all the did you have a prenup? Do you have a postnup? Uh, you have a free trader. You got any of these documents that would mean she doesn't have a marital interest in the property. None of those existed. So we had to get her signature on on all the documents to sell. Mm. And um, thankfully, this person was cool about it. That doesn't always happen. <laughs> be, be cool. Just <laughs> be, be cool. cool. Yeah. That's all that matters. Just uh, be cool. We were able to close. But yes, she did have to sign. 
all the time, see it all the time over the last several years. I bought this property before I was married. She or he should not have to sign anything when I sell. Well, that may be true. Do you have a prenup? Do you have a postnup? Uh, do you have a quick claim deed that severed the marital interest? How do you get rid of the marital interest? Either uh, by signing a document or by not being married. Mm. So there's no way for your spouse to have given up their marital, marital interest if they didn't sign a document doing that. So if they say, oh, well, she doesn't have a marital interest because I bought it without her. Or he doesn't have a marital interest because I, I bought it way before we got married. That's not the way to get rid of it. Did your spouse sign something giving up their marital interest? If no, they didn't give it up. Mm. Yeah. So how can, you know, we, we kind of primarily make this for real estate agents. Mm -hmm. You know, that's who we're trying to help as much as possible. What can real estate agents say or do before the closing, before they go under contract even, to make sure mm -hmm. that they're um, going to have a nice smooth closing and you don't yeah. have a whoopsie at Friday at, uh, you know, 4.59. Yeah. Number one is don't assume. Um, we give talks at different groups of realtors to, you know, go through like, hey, these are the hot topics or these are the things that we see. And one thing that I like to impress upon people is that um, who needs to sign is a legal determination, not a practical one. So um, if you are an agent who sees that your client, she bought the property as a single person, she might be married now, husband travels a lot, it's going to be difficult for him to get there. Oh, well, she's the only one on the deed, so she's the only one that has to sign. That is not, the, the lawyer needs to make that determination. So if you keep in mind that the signatures are a legal determination and should only come from the person who's making the legal determination, um, you know, sometimes you can't rely on the lender to tell you who needs to sign because they may be an out-of-state lender. They don't understand the marital interest. Um, it may not be something in the state where they live and work 100% of the time. So um, keeping in mind Whenever it's time to figure out who needs to sign something, talk to the person who can give you the legal opinion on that. So yeah. the other the other party that can be or another party that can be helpful with this kind of stuff is a family lawyer. Mm -hmm. um, so what are some of the things that real estate agents can be asking the family lawyer? What should the family lawyers be um, knowledgeable enough to talk to the other real estate attorney or the, the realtor mm -hmm. about something that has to do with, you know, either divorce, separation, mm -hmm. or even pre post nup kind of stuff? Well, one of the things that, um, we see that separates like a very good family law practitioner that deals with real property a lot compared to one that maybe doesn't deal with um, the real property as much is their their separation agreements will identify okay um, who's gonna take a take the tax liability when they sell this property who's going to be issued the 1099 sometimes what you'll see is spouses will all right, I will give you the house, but you have to pay me a distributive award of X amount. So I'll sign over a quick claim deed to you. Um, you can sell the real property, but you're going to pay a distributive award to me of whatever the dollar amount is. Well, if um, you're if you no longer own the house when that house is sold, you shouldn't get a 1099. So um, addressing that, that say say maybe that quick claim deed doesn't get done in time to sell the property and the spouse has to execute the deed. Uh, who is going to be responsible for paying the taxes on the sale? So that's one thing. And then also you can tell a family law practitioner that deals with real property often 
because their deeds include the required language to sever the marital interest. So there's some statutory language that goes into deeds that a title company is going to be looking for uh, to decide if they're going to insure over that marital interest to make sure it was properly conveyed away. Other things like if you're if you're listing property for a couple that's divorcing, if their separation agreement deals with the real property, but it's got a ton of juicy details in it that they don't want made public, um, you could say to them, hey, maybe talk to the the attorneys and see if you guys could have a memorandum of separation agreement drawn up so that the memorandum could be recorded with the relevant things about the real property. But we don't have to talk about you know, your alimony or um, who gets to see the kids win. You know, there's some details in there that you don't want. Maybe. Yeah, that doesn't have anything to do with a transaction of mm-hmm. real estate, and people don't yeah. need to know that. Yeah, and then if you've got, if you're listing a property with divorcing sellers, finding out what do they have in place. Um, because if it's nothing, then they both need to sign everything. Listing agreement, contract, all the closing docs. If you have nothing, you have to sign everything. <laughs> yeah, nothing equals everything. <laughs> Perfect. So with the with this, I mean, you see often this separation or uh, new names or that kind of stuff. How how what are some of the things that could happen that would delay your closing or or cause cause something not fun? Mm -hmm. Things that people don't like to see. Well, sometimes people aren't truthful with us about their marital status, and we may find it in the title search or may even find it at closing. And then you've got a spouse that won't join in the execution of the documents. Yeah, what do you do with that? So, like, you know, let's say you got separated, hate him. You don't like that guy, never going to talk to him ever again, haven't talked to him in eight months. You're separated, not officially divorced. Mm -hmm. He won't sign anything. What what happens? Um, Well, depending on if you've got a separation agreement or, you know, you've got the ability to force the spouse to sign through the use of the courts, saying, assuming you don't have anything in place, then you could potentially be in breach of contract because you don't have the ability to convey clear title. Mm. Yeah, so it's take a bad situation and make it worse. You've also had the situation, this one gets, this one makes me laugh. Um, you've had the situation where they haven't been married for years Years and years and years, like mm-hmm. multiple 10, 15 years, but they actually don't have the legal documents in place. Oh, you mean like they broke up a while ago, but they never got divorced? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what what happens then? Uh, well, sometimes those people have moved away and mm-hmm. you can't track them down and you can't get their signature on anything. And I mean, it's just, it's the same thing. It's just maybe a little less animosity because you haven't, you know, you're not actively hating the person, but now you've got to track them down to get them to sign. Um, so it, the end result is the same as if you, if you can't get everybody that needs to sign to sign, then you can't convey clear title to the property. Mm. Then you got a contract issue. Interesting. Awesome. Well, we appreciate everyone coming and yep. listening. We're going to start doing this. I say start. We've, we've been doing it. We're going to continue doing the live. We like the live. Always going to be Monday. Fingers crossed 1045. Sometimes it might be 1050. Sometimes it might be 1040, but right around that 1045 time, it's our uh, our marketing block for the law firm. So yeah, great. Well, we appreciate everyone listening. Make sure you uh, like and subscribe and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.